Hi, I'm Greg Eulen with Reynolds & Reynolds, and this is Connected. Today's episode I've been looking forward to for quite a while. Uh, it's a pretty wide-ranging conversation about where we are as an industry and where we're going. I had the opportunity to sit down with Cliff Banks, founder of the Banks Report, and, and really enjoyed the talk, and I hope you do too. Let's get connected. Cliff Banks, founder of the Banks Report, uh, one of the, the preeminent industry publications around M&A and, and a lot of that activity. So thanks so much for, uh, for chatting a little bit. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yep, absolutely. So Cliff, you you probably are in the know as much or more than anybody else in the industry. So I just wanted to get uh, your take on a few kind of hotter topics, I guess, right. and things that, that have been around for a while, but are, are not going away anytime soon. So the first one is really around inventory issues, chip shortage, supply chain um, at, at a high level. Um, you know, what's your perception of that? Um, is it going away anytime soon? Where are we at? You know, it's not just a chip shortage anymore. It's also right. a raw material shortage. Um, and, and it's not just vehicles, it's across the board, right. you know, I, I, that, that impacts society as a whole. Going in a little bit different direction too, just on the inventory, as the gas prices continue to explode, are we going to start seeing customers wanting to turn in their trucks or SUVs? I'm starting to hear some anecdotal evidence that that's the case already. So what is that, what's that going to do to uh, vehicle prices today on the right. used vehicle? You know, certainly I think one of the biggest concerns a dealer has today, and certainly one that sells a lot of used vehicles, is you know how to time that market. When when is that pricing going to start declining? And you, you don't want to be sitting on an inventory full of used vehicles when the market goes south. So you know, that, that's I think that is a an immediate concern. So let's dig into that a little bit, right? right. So. Um, the, the used vehicle pricing and, and inventory levels and things like that. We've been talking about that since about April of 2020, where when this falls off, it's going to be bad, right? Because yes. we started seeing this climb April, May, and it's like, well, yeah, but it's a bubble and it's going to pop. Um, well, it hasn't, it hasn't popped, right? So do, do you think it's going to be a pop or do you think it's going to be a gradual decline where it's more, a little more controlled? And, and or, or do you think it's not really going to go back to what, what it was? I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and that's the problem. I don't. I don't think anyone really You're right. has has a good answer there because we don't know what's next. What's going to happen next week or tomorrow? I think we're in a a world right now that is uncertain, not just from an automotive manufacturing perspective, but also just from a world perspective. The reality is, any day you could wake up and not have access from an internet perspective yeah you know i mean cyber cyber warfare is a very real thing that's going on and uh dealers need to be nimble and need to be able to pivot quickly you have to pay attention to what's going on both in their local market yeah certainly because i think there's there's a lot of things that we may be talking about nationally or internationally that maybe aren't impacting the local market but then again, maybe there are some local markets that are going to be on the leading edge, right? Sure. Uh, and then just uh, you know, paying attention to what's going on in the world. Yeah. Ha- having the mechanisms and processes in place to our plans in place to offload that inventory fast if you have to. Yeah. Listen, I'll tell you when, you know, it was interesting watching the inventory levels of a Carvana, CarMax, and some of these others when we first started entering the pandemic. They unloaded vehicles very right. quickly before anyone else really knew what was going on. So they, they were on top of it. And uh, now they had to go back and get that inventory <laughs> at a much higher price. So maybe they don't work in their favor. But again, it's to the point 
of the uncertainty that I talk about often right now. You have the uncertainty long-term of manufacturer strategies with direct potential strategies of direct to consumer, what the EV, you know, how the EV is going to impact the retail network, but and the connected vehicle, which I think is going to have a huge impact over time. But right now, that's amplified a thousand times because of the uncertainty of what's going on in the world and it's day-to-day uncertainty. You're right. So let's go there with, yeah, with sure. EVs, right? Okay. So electric vehicles, um, it, it's all you see in any advertisement, right? And dealers are prepping up and they need, they need to, right? It's coming. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, when you look at the, the grand scheme of things, how many new vehicles being sold are electric vehicles? And maybe more importantly, what percentage of used vehicles being sold are electric vehicles? Um, you know, what what impact is this going to have? Where are we going? Where, kind of where are we at today? How far out are we till this is a, a real thing? We're still in the world of hype. Yeah. And much of what we see talked about from the manufacturers is really designed to to drive up investor interest and and uh, create that message that hey, yeah, okay, there's Tesla, there's Lucid, there's Rivian, but we're in the same game, right? Uh, the manufacturing capacity yet on EVs with the with Ford, GM, and others right. still isn't there. I mean, Farley, Jim Farley announced this week or just last night, in fact, at a uh, conference that I think they. They have capacity for 200,000 Lightnings. They have reservations for 200,000, and that's all they're building till I think, 2025. So it may sound like next year, next month, the whole world's going to be EV. It's not. It's still a gradual process. And then certainly with some of the world issues going on, impacting manufacturing, uh, the battery stra- strategies, you know, the, the batteries still, yeah, that's a huge deal. Yeah. That's why you're seeing manufacturers building battery factories here in the U.S. all over. The, I mean, all over. So, uh, and, and again, the other part to that is, are there strategies going to play out? Yeah. We don't know. But again, to your point, which you, you mentioned the dealers, dealers are being asked to invest hundreds of thousands, if not more, dollars into their facilities to prepare for this EV tsunami yeah. that's coming. So allegedly. is there is there an opportunity though? So they're they're gonna invest this money, yes. right? And and they're 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 gonna have to in a lot of ways we've yes. they've, they've had to do things like that all the time. Um, but is there a good way for them to capitalize and, and shorten the return on investment on some of these things, especially with, or with, with certain manufacturers maybe, where they are going to allocate EVs to, to right. dealers? Are there ways for them to take advantage of this as an opportunity rather than you know, just spend all the money and wait for the, wait yes. for the cars to come? Yes, I think uh, certainly being able to uh, understand. It's, it's not, and it's not just an EV question today. It's also a question of overall inventory, how you're engaging with the customer. And is there an opportunity for dealers to, to change their, their model of engagement with the customer? You order a vehicle a year, you know you're not going to get it for a year, and you don't hear boo from the manufacturer or the dealership. Can the dealer communicate and keep the customer updated yeah. in a way that the customer is not having to call and find out? Um, I think the dealers that can show that they have processes like that in place are going to be ones that went in the market. Is this still a uh, it, it, it's still a uh, a world in which the dealers that are smart have the right processes 
other ones that are going to win. Yeah. I mean, we see that. I mean, I, yeah, and we're seeing that today still, even with, even in this world. I mean, the dealers that can figure out a way to, to get the inventory and yep. there are, there are dealers that have done that. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, having the plan in place, but the manufacturer is going to have a much greater role in dictating what that retail process looks like. So understanding where the manufacturer is going and being able to set up your dealership, finding the vendors, finding the, uh, the solutions that will help you meet what the, or accomplish what the manufacturer is right. dictating. You're going to be in a much better position as a dealer to get the inventory and to be one of the, the chosen few. Because I think at some level, manufacturers are going to have to determine and choose which dealers are going to get which inventory. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, so. you, you talked about the Ford Lightning, right? How yes. many how many F-150s are sold each year? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. 900,000 million, right. something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and so you're talking about 200,000 cars over the next three years. Um, you don't need the same dealer body to sell those sell right. those vehicles. Like, right, right. You just don't. Right. So just, allocation is going to be, you know, tough. And, and I think that's across the board with any menu, with any of the manufacturers and some of the EVs coming out. Yeah. There's going to be a limited number to sell. Yep going for for the for the next few years at least so part of it's driven by the fact that, that you need to have profitability in these sales yeah so you know i i think the the ice engines the ice driven vehicles are still very profitable right by the end of the decade maybe the ev will supplant that but mm -hmm. it's still going to take a while yeah when you see you know certain oems um really taking the the what well, it's the work that Tesla's done over the last five yes. or six years with with the legislations in, yes. in different states across the country, and and leveraging that to to find ways to go either actually direct to consumer or in a, uh, a hybrid direct to consumer model. Right. Um, so when you see that, you know what impact do you think that has a little longer term on on the the dealership franchise model? Is right. is there a concern there? Yeah, and how oh, you mitigate certainly. it? Yeah, certainly there's a concern. I don't know that we're going to have much clarity on how realistic that is until we see how successful Rivian and Lucid and some of these other direct-to-consumer plays are doing. Certainly Tesla's been successful to this point, but are they getting to a point where there's uh, the number of sales or sales volume is going to, is negatively going to impact their retail process at right. Tesla? It's possible. It takes a lot of money and investment to, to manage that customer relationship. So if a couple of these EV direct-to-consumer models are successful over the next two, three years, then I think that puts the franchise model at greater risk. If it does, if they're not successful, then I think that's that's gonna be a, uh, you know, I think that's that, that'll be beneficial to the franchise model. So we're rooting against Rivian. Got well, it. you know, I hate to say it. I mean, they want to root, but... <laughs> no, no I, I'm, I'm saying thing, it. Yeah, but I think there, you know, there's certainly things we can learn. Yeah. Learn from companies like that, but I always maintain there may be things, you know, that they may need to learn a lot more, you know, yeah. a lot more from, from dealers. I, so, I, great. I mean, you guys have heard me talk a lot about uncertainty. Yeah. And it's, I, and I, and the, to me, that's, that's part of the uncertainty over the next few years mm -hmm. is what that how that model evolves. And I don't know that what the manufacturers are thinking today is going to be what they're thinking next year. That's true. Very troubling comments from Farley this week with Ford. I think Stellantis also in terms of what the model looks like. And 
the the value at which or the number that which they seem to have pegged the franchise model costs per vehicle it's around two thousand dollars uh they certainly are looking to reshape how they distribute and market vehicles so i would think tier two advertising could be it be uh, one of the one of the victims here uh whether they present it as direct to consumer or it's we're going to tell the dealers how to sell the cars yeah. or how to distribute the cars and it's going to be an online platform it's going to be online one price only period we're going to dictate the price you know again i think we, we may see different manufacturers approach that differently okay um but again, uh, the, the dealers are going to have, and the NADA and the state associations yeah. are going to have a lot to say about what these new franchise contracts are going to look like. Yeah. So, no, as they should. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thinking about that kind of franchise model, is there an impact that um, the, the tech in cars is going to have on that relationship between the OEM, the consumer, and the dealership? So you think about how many, sure. how many pieces of the car are connected at this right. point. Um, what impact does that have on that kind of triangle of the relationship? Well, I, I do think the connected vehicle, and as we quickly get into the era, and it's going to be connected more than EV. I mean, sure. uh, so, oh, yeah. so every vehicle coming off the line is going to be connected. And essentially able to, I mean, every part at some point on that vehicle is going to have a sensor that's transmitting data to a cloud-based platform ostensibly created by manufacturer. Yep. They're going to have all that service-related data. Now, if you buy, buy a vehicle from a manufacturer, you're going to have probably download an app from the manufacturer. I love you have, it. Yeah, yep. yeah, you love it. Well, guess what? That data is going to the manufacturer, yeah. not necessarily to the dealer. So my point is the manufacturers are going to have much greater access to the customer than they've ever had before. So they're going to dictate the messaging. They're going to dictate you know, how that process looks yeah. and may impact service department activity also. And again, different manufacturers are going to approach it differently and different manufacturers are going to have different levels of execution. Again, you're, we're bank, you know, this, this world demands manufacturer ex execution yeah. with this data. And that's, that's not always a given as we've seen yeah. so many times in the past. So, but again, no, I think it's at the very least, they're going to have access to the customer. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Cause sure. you know, once you, you know, that, that information, you can start doing things with it and whether you do or not is, is the, the right. your point, Correct. right. As far as, is what Correct. happens in the future. But right. um, when you have, when you have the information, when you have the data, there's a lot of really cool stuff that can happen. So. Right. And, and the fact is we have the technology today. I mean, to do that. Now our industry is fragmented. Yep. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, but, uh, but, the industry is moving there so you know we're, we're getting there this thing's happening quickly but it's not happening quickly you know there's there's a lot of talk about it but again just for example let's take gm and their ev plans right yep if you listen to mary barra talk about the evs and listen to their investor presentations and whatnot you would think that they are one of the leaders in electric vehicle manufacturing well la auto show there wasn't one ev on the on the show floor in November, I think they sold twenty six total EVs in the fourth quarter. Now, as I'd say that that they aren't laying the pieces and sure. laying the groundwork, which they clearly are. Yep. But still, that it's not ha it's not going to happen overnight, 
Right. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Well, Cliff, you know, I could I could talk to you for yes, hours. I really, yes. really could. I love love having conversations with you, um, but want to be respectful of, well, of your time, you. obviously. Yeah. So uh, anything we haven't touched on that, that you want to chat about? Um, any any other rabbit holes you want to go down? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just think it's uh, it, it's good to be back yeah. at NADA uh, and certainly uh, uh, seeing the energy. Uh, uh, we we are in such an insert, uncertain period of time. We have an opportunity to really kind of shape what the future of the automotive industry looks like. Yeah. And that's the people that are here. And that's what I think everyone's focused on. Absolutely. So it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, for taking the time to chat. Always, always appreciate the insight. Uh, well, thank so you. Cliff Banks, have a, a great NADA. Thanks and hopefully we'll too. talk soon. Great. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining the conversation today. Before we hop off, don't forget, you can watch or listen to episodes of Connected on Apple, YouTube, or Spotify podcasts. And make sure to subscribe so you're notified every other Wednesday when new episodes are released. Thanks so much, and we'll see you in two weeks.